in the middle hey, of winter and it's no, nothing else to do at night and yeah. you're just kind of like yeah it's, it's two degrees out so i'm gonna do some vr vr baby yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> To Eclipse on Tap, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kinds in space in general. This is uh, one of your co-hosts, Matt, and with me tonight is other co-host, David. How's it going? We're here down in the pub for the big double-digit episode, episode oh, yeah. 10. We're here. We're we're a little late, but yep. we're here. We're here. We made it. You know, life gets in the way. We got some stuff going on, and... But we, we made it down to the pub again. We uh, we got a couple of beers in front of us, and uh, we're ready to record this one. Um, yeah, the big, the 10th episode. Yeah, it's crazy. Coming yeah. up on the one-year anniversary of the uh, one of the greatest days of all time, totality. Yeah. It's crazy. Fast. Time flies. Post-totality, d- time does fly. Yeah, so. <laughs> everything just seems so... <laughs> Nothing seems as important anymore. <laughs> right. So... But yeah, so uh, one week delay for this for this episode. We, uh, you know, summer is busy. Um, seems like it always is. It feels like it shouldn't be, and then I'll, it really is. You yeah, know, it's it's the busiest time of the year. It seems like in some ways, yeah. with um, uh, work and things to do after the weather's nice and all all sorts of different plans and things. So yeah, but we're still yeah. coming at you for the month of June with episode ten. Um, I'm drinking currently a beer called Space Dust IPA. From Elysian Brewing Company in Seattle, uh, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, I I have the same thing actually. It's very very happy. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. It's, uh, it's got uh, quite a happy bite to it, which we've yeah. talked about last episode. We are yeah. obsessed with hops, so yeah. I was gonna say it's not a bad thing. Fits no. our fits our um, you know like liking for for beer. So it's uh, eight point two percent. So it'll definitely um, you know make you feel feel good. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think Elysian is a pretty big brewery. Um, if I'm not mistaken, there were, they were one of the breweries that actually had some controversy around them for, for selling out quote unquote. Oh yeah. Um, just like Goose Island did in Chicago. Mm -hmm. They sold to Goose Island, sold to Anheuser-Busch and there's, I mean, Goose Island beer is still great. It has nothing to do with their beer. It's just people were like, "Oh, you sold out. You're not craft beer anymore. Whatever." Yeah, they they are. It's just they took a big buyout from Budweiser essentially, and it, I'm sure none of them regret it. No. So Elysian was, I think, in a similar boat. I mean, there's been a, a lot of breweries that have done this. Craft breweries that started small, grew to a point where they got big, and a buyout came along. I think I think they did. I, I can't quite remember. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't uh, take away from their beer, and it's still craft beer. It's really good. Um, mm-hmm. And with honestly, without the fact that they had engaged in any sort of um, buyout like that, the likelihood of it being here in Michigan would probably be really low, mm-hmm. all the way out from Seattle. So, um, so yeah, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, no, it, I think it, uh, yeah, for his, uh, you know, High of a ABV is it actually is it actually t- it's very good very smooth super so. smooth yeah yeah so we're both sipping on mm-hmm. that and um, I like it yeah easy drinking approved very happy yep. space dust IPA too has a nice space theme uh, yeah, the uh, the the label is like a is like a hops cone like spitting out like space <laughs> dust it's pretty awesome naturally yeah of course um, naturally that's what I. I 
been putting a lot of thought into what I'm going to do because I just recently, right. you know, had my my own uh, my own condo, my yep. own home. So I'm planning on when I move in, the back patio is just going to be hops growing on the Hop fence. garden. Yeah. So that's going to be prime. I'll be yeah. just I'll just just be laying in hops. Got to just let it grow yeah. up the up it's, the walls. Yeah. yeah. Just surrounded by hops. It's going to be awesome, but. Um, yeah. And as you know, I you know based on the last episode, we uh, I, I'm a huge fan of hops, so we're hop connoisseurs. Yeah, <laughs> I will be a hop farmer, is what you know, I guess you could say that. So yeah, they've got cheap hops at um, there's a local kind of like a farm farmers market type store, local grocery store Horrocks, and they have Cascade hops for thirteen bucks. Yeah, so that's a steal. Um, yeah, you just let you set it next to the to the uh, trellis or to the fence and it'll kind of start to grab on yeah and uh, just continue to spread so yeah it's a cool plant yeah but uh yeah so we've been doing well uh been bowling a lot still just like we were talking about last episode oh yeah uh we're both um to the point now we both have our own balls our own shoes our own well you have your own bag even yeah i gotta get a bag still i've been just using a gym bag um and we're starting to get the we're starting to get the uh, the curve down, and I'm, uh, I, you know, I'm I'm faithful to, uh, you know, Ebonite being yep. uh, being a uh, a traveler that uh, went down to you know Hopkinsville for the eclipse. Uh, Ebonite being based in Hopkinsville. Yep. Um, so yeah, naturally I went to the local uh, sporting goods store and got myself a Ebonite ball and bag, mm-hmm. and uh, no, it's it's been fun. It's just something different. It's like it is different, it's, yeah. I don't know. I've been like a, yeah, you you go, how many years I was kind of just a slave to one thing with bike racing and all that. It's fun to kind of do something totally off, you know, like that, that that I would never have done, you know, so, and I actually do like it. I enjoy it. So it's fun, fun to hang out, good social, you know, thing. So it's got a good balance of social and sport. And then there's a lot of, you can really get into the sport of it. Um, yeah, the different hooking styles and the different oil lane patterns and different, uh, all sorts of different techniques, so a lot of fun. Yeah, we no, bowled like six games last night. Six games? I'm yeah. I'm feeling it today. Yeah, my arm's a little I, sore. I well, I mean, I six games and three pitchers. <laughs> yeah, I was tired. I was a little. I, yeah, I was a little foggy waking up. And but, my 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 yeah. hand is like actually like not achy in in the in a way that's like oh crap, am I like throwing the ball like awkwardly and it's like actually wrecking like the tendons in my finger? <laughs> not it's not that. It's just like I can just feel. Yeah. Like soreness, like I like I was working in my arm out, you know. Yeah, yeah throwing you know, the ball. Like, yeah, it's a lot of that's a lot of uh, a lot of throws. Delayed onset muscle soreness. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Doms. The technical term is the. Uh, that's a lot of pitches. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of pitches down the lane. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, it was good. We 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 we're getting there. <laughs> we're uh, we're considering even uh, there's the place we bowl, uh, has a Monday night league that forms in like the fall. And it's super casual. Um, they do a, a series where every so often uh, the pins will drop, and if there's a gold pin in your in your set of ten, and you strike, you get a free Miller High Life. So which we <laughs> should amazing. be set pretty much then. Yeah, it sounds pretty uh, awesome. So we're we're considering gathering a team and um, getting that ready. So that'll be fun. We got to practice though up until then and and hone our skills so that we don't uh, embarrass ourselves against other teams. But yeah. it is supposed to be a pretty leisurely league too. Yeah, it's no. nothing crazy. 
And that's at the end of the day, that's what you want. You know, I mean, I don't want to get you know, I don't want to get too serious. Yeah. But and we we have, it's been like even last night, our last game, our last two games, we we usually put like a goofy name, you know, for our, our names that we uh, put in for the computer for the bowling. Yep. Um, the last few times have been Turd Ferguson. Yep. Uh, and then you're Terry because you Terry. have a Terry Labani bowling ball, yep. which is. Absolutely awesome. Sweet. Yeah, so we've talked but, before, I think, a little bit maybe about um, NASCAR on this podcast. That's another one of those things that we kind of got into. And I saw, um, unfortunately, it's not an Ebonite ball. It's a Brunswick ball, which is another leading brand. Mm. In the, yeah, another leading brand in the sport, but definitely not one that we're loyal to. We're loyal to Ebonite. So when I actually get, like, a nice bowling ball that's my own, I'd definitely get an Ebonite. But this one's doing me just fine, and it's it uh, makes up for the fact it's not an Ebonite by being a NASCAR ball. Terry Labonte, old school, number five, Kellogg's yeah. car. It actually has a die-cast car in the bowling ball, so yeah. it's pretty awesome, and it's doing me pretty well thus far. Yeah. it's uh, It does all right, so. Yeah, we, well, we named... So I'm Terry. Ju- yeah. yeah, we named Julia uh, Swan Dive for the last yeah. game because we've determined she has somewhat of a swan dive type pitch yeah yes yeah she she doesn't have any she doesn't so so david and i both hook the ball and um and then julia throws it straight which is fine but in order to throw it straight down the lane at the striking point she really needs like a level of loft on the ball she just hangs on to it a little longer and it really works for her but the fact is like it lands like halfway down the lane and just just, clunks just down smashes and, the yeah, lane which is fine but, i mean it, it, it rolls yeah. straight and true uh, and when she doesn't do that it goes right into the left gutter so yeah. she she should <laughs> just has to take take uh, the swan dive to heart and just embrace it yeah so that's her nickname is swan dive and um she's doing well with it and we're all getting better all three of us are yeah bowling like you know, when we first started, we were all averaging under a hundred, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now, uh, you know, I I would say on the whole, like our best games, like there was that one game where we all like right around one forty, one fifty. So yeah, pretty um, decent. And some, you know, getting some strikes back to back. So it's yeah. fun. We're having a good time with it. Yeah, well, we will continue to do so, and and our team yeah. is is going to be Eclipse on Tap. We always wear our space themed stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of fun to just be like, all right, this is Ebonite, it's Hopkinsville, it's Eclipse, it's bowling, it's all, yeah. it's all in the same boat, and and we're we're just doing it. Um, so that that was that's been fun, and um, yep, we're having a good time. So uh, today though, we're we've got a nice podcast laid out. Um, and the, before the break here, we're going to touch on a few things. We're going to talk about um, the late Alan Bean. Uh, going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff going on with Mars right now, and then. Um, and then we'll take our break and do another black hole episode uh, in the second half of this podcast where we just go down the rabbit hole or mm-hmm. the black hole in yep. this case and uh, and just go down a topic. Yeah. So let's do it. Um, so, yeah, the late Alan Bean, he uh, unfortunately has uh, has passed away as of late last month. Yep. Yep. Sad news. Lost uh, uh, a good a good man. Um, yep. Another another moonwalker. another moonwalker. Um, but like we've said before, um, you know the the I guess the the, the team of uh, Apollo astronauts is is getting smaller and smaller just naturally because of you know the the age that they're at these, these days. But right. um, yeah, just sad to lose uh, somebody who was a huge advocate for um, you know just post-career um just 
educating younger kids. Yeah. Uh, much like like Gene Cernan and all those uh, guys. So, yeah, he, one of those one of those guys that you really like. I take him to heart. Just he's um, very fun to listen to. Um, you know, it's like listening to Mike Collins yeah, talk. Yeah, um, just, just very, very, very animated in uh, his experience and all that. Um, one of the one of the few astronauts that really, um, I guess, you know, in in one of the bigger uh, documentaries and interviews I've seen, he's, he's I kind of admitted to his fear of death when he was actually flying in Apollo and all that. So, right, um, just you know, putting it basically into perspective and saying, you know, if this window blows out right here, I'm going to die in about two seconds. You know, mm-hmm. that having that kind of fear. Um, so very interesting to listen to him. If you can, uh, you know, possibly pick up the, uh, it's in the shadow of the moon yeah. documentary. Great he's, documentary. he's a, it's a great, great interview, great documentary, um, that he has in there. So, um, yeah, lunar module pilot, Apollo 12, which yeah. was his first flight at the age of 37 years old. So yeah, a little bit later. That's maybe. pretty crazy. Yeah. First flight into space and you're flying the lunar module. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, and he had a little bit of a unique background compared to some of the other astronauts that went through the Apollo program. Many of them have had Gemini experience or just a little bit more space flight um, experience, and this was his first flight to the moon. Yeah, I can't imagine that being be scary. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously a lot of test pilot experience and a lot of uh, yeah military this, yeah military Navy experience stuff. and even you know a lot of on the ground type training obviously but still the second flight to the moon it's your first flight in space mm-hmm. be pretty and terrifying. you're flying the lem and yeah gonna, yeah it's like <laughs> and i mean yeah crazy lots of pressure on that, you yeah that's a ton of pressure but just based on listening to the guy just like i said just uh you know his overall you know demeanor and enthusiasm you can tell the guy really has a good head on his shoulders and he, he was just the right guy to do that and yeah i i can't imagine never having actually flown the lem before mm-hmm. like physically flown the thing like and then in, yeah. and then just you're on a saturn five you're going to the moon and you just have to just fly it like, yeah it's just crazy just to me. put all the trust in the training and the simulations and all that it'd be terrifying and yeah yeah, nuts. definitely um, puts him in that unique field where he's coming in at a little bit later of an age. Yeah, um, and he did have one other space flight, uh, the Skylab three. Um, so that was post, uh, you know, obviously not a moon mission, but uh, that was in uh, 1973. It looks like so he had that um, second man mission to the American space station, Skylab, that was orbiting Earth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just the one moon mission. Uh, but got to walk on the moon and, you know, investigating him a little bit further and doing some research for this podcast. So he retired from NASA in 1981 and pursued painting. Mm-hmm. Incredibly talented artist. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so he's really unique in that way. Um, you know, I almost was like, oh, I, I didn't quite, I, I feel like I've heard that, but I didn't know. I, I've never really looked at his paintings. They're really, really good. I mean, he, like, he was a very talented person. Yeah. Um, and I like this quote of his, 
It says, but I'm the only one who can paint the moon because I'm the only one who knows whether it's that's right or not. Yep. Um, yep. He's the one unique, unique character that walked on the moon that also happens to be like this elite artist. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, painter. I guess he's not. He's not illustrating, yeah. but. Um, just looking at some of his uh, paintings is pretty incredible. He has one that I really like called, um, it's just called The Fantasy. And it's got um, uh, Pete Conrad, Dick Gordon, and Alan Bean. And it was like this this fantasy that they had that all three of them could have actually been on the moon. Mm-hmm. As Dick Gordon was orbiting. Um, and so, or was it, Dick Gordon was in the was orbiting right yeah 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 so yeah yep. yep. so so pete conrad and, and alan bean actually got to walk on the moon and they they thought after they got back like oh man wouldn't it have been amazing if all three of us could have done that at the same time so after he retired he's like i'm gonna paint that i'm gonna paint a picture of all three of us there and i love it because he's just got his hands out like it just is cool it's a cool painting so check yeah. out his uh his art um they're really cool too a lot of the paintings have it looks like he painted and then he like put an impression of the moon boot yeah on the yep. painting so like there's this cool texturized finish yep. uh, to the actual painting that gives it a super unique touch, kind of his signature press to uh, to his paintings. But really, really talented. It's it's not like he just was like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna retire and just do this as like a little hobby like that. He really put all his in you know all of his effort into it. And I think you, like based on like you see a guy like this, then go and become an artist, and he just he's basically only painting his memories and impressions and his yeah. basically like a lot of it's you know um not necessarily like full-on like actual just portrait that he's painting he's just using his more or less you know trying to get his feelings across to, yeah. and, and his time on the moon but also you know adding obviously all the small little details you know that tells you how much of an impact it had on the guy like oh yeah he comes back to earth and he just he literally just wants to show people and paint and just and still live it you know basically yeah. still live that experience which yeah that's tells what tells you quite a bit about what I, them what i love about it is you know other guys were very very active in their um kind of space or science education after they you know were retirees and did a lot of traveling and there's no doubt that alan bean was involved in that too but to have this extra like you're saying this extra little bit where he can translate what he saw into a painting and touch that audience in a different way yeah um it says a lot and um some it's cool there's a nice balance like like one of the ones like i'm just pulling this one this is a photo i I actually i I know that's a photo that he painted the photo to kind of bring color to it but then there's other ones like the the one i was mentioning called the fantasy where it's it's obviously you know all three of them weren't there but he painted it or or this one is one i think is awesome it's a very dark kind of subdued photo, um, but it just has uh, has the earth in the background, and he's got kind of his his, um, his his suit up to the moon, just almost holding it in his hand, or sorry, to the earth, holding it in his hand, and just puts it into perspective, like what it yeah. was really like to be there. So, yeah, really neat guy, um, yeah. incredibly talented uh, painter, and of course uh, a brilliant mind. Yeah, um, all these Apollo astronauts were brilliant brilliant men oh um, yeah yeah they every single one of them i mean they all had the they all had the right stuff and i mean this this guy spent 69 days in space yeah like i can't yeah yeah he was up at the space lab or a sky lab i think for a good chunk of that yeah um so yeah he's he yeah. had some good space time right? yeah and what a what a life to live and um we're we're happy to that we were able to you know basically 
listen to his stories and and see him do what he did you know in this in on this uh his time on earth and yeah godspeed yeah for sure yeah yep. he, so he passed away late last month on the 26th of may at the uh, at the age of 86 um so he lived a good life yep. um and yeah we'll, he'll be uh, very very well missed for sure and like you said the number of astronaut moonwalkers that um, is still alive is dwindling down to, what is there now, four, I think. Yeah. Because last time when Gene Cernan passed away, we I think we said there was five, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. Now, I think so. Now, now we're down four. to four, but... It's crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. Rest what? in peace, yeah. sir. Uh, a guy like that, you know, any of these guys, having done what they did and survived and, you know, made it back to Earth to see the next sunrise, it's like... yeah. That's that's incredible, um, and and to still have a, a handful of them left now, and or you know four, about four left, and it's just it's you gotta definitely um, you know I I've been looking up online just just knowing that um, you know with Alan Bean passing away and Gene Cernan before that and uh, John Young, John Young um, yep. so I've been looking up you know p- potential places to go. And actually, maybe they're if they're doing like a like a different, you know, like a convention, speech or convention yeah. or something like that. I've been trying to look up, see if there's anything around the Midwest, anything I can go to or anything like yeah. that, just to be able to maybe you know listen to Jim Lovell talk or listen to somebody talk, like you know, that, yeah. Uh, just because you know you never know how much longer you're gonna have these guys, and that'd be that'd be huge uh, to be able to do that. But yeah, to listen in, yeah. Charlie Duke or somebody, yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, so so rest in peace, good sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, lived a good life and, and brought a lot of, uh, yeah, you know, he was a frontier. These guys were frontiers uh, for for the human race. Yep. But yeah. So moving on to the next topic, uh, pre-break here, we're going to talk about Mars, really in kind of two facets. Um, the first being an update on Mars's close approach. Last month we uh, talked about Mars uh, being closest to Earth as it has been in quite a long time um, and being really um, bright in the night sky, or sorry, the morning sky, really, right? Yeah. So uh, it still, of course, is in that stage and it will continue to get closer all the way through till the end of July. So take advantage of that. Get out, look up, take the scope out, even just go with the naked eye and enjoy it in the morning and it's going to be bright. It's going to be a cool object to see in the sky. Yeah, um, even like... Early uh, evening is uh, also really good too. Uh, Jupiter is really bright right now, mm-hmm. um, so uh, any any clear night you can get. I've I've gone out, you know, you just on a normal night, letting the dog out before bed, and you kind of glance up, and it's it's actually pretty pretty stunning how uh, how bright Jupiter is right now. But yeah, um, and. And it's so nights, close to the moon. Yeah, yeah, a couple nights ago, yeah, it was it was uh, like a full moon and Jupiter was like right there. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. So definitely look up. Um, obviously, Mars on its close approach coming into next end of next month. Um, so that'll be fun. Yeah. So there's still plenty yeah. of time to see it, but uh, take advantage of it while it's yep. while it's this close because you know Mars is always something that you can catch in the night sky or well it's in the in the dark sky. Um, but to see it this bright, and especially if you have a scope, and be able to make out some details rather than it just being this orange yeah. blob. That's the that's the big point is if you have an actual telescope and you can, um, you know, pick out some detail 
even if it's not a big telescope or maybe it's a you know you have something real small real real beginner um, you can still pick up a lot more detail than you would uh, you know with it not being as close as it is as it is so right um, yeah take advantage of it yeah and, and it's one of those things too you figure you know Mars really isn't that big of a planet so you, the reason you're seeing it so bright is it's because it's that much closer um, mm -hmm. uh, it's so if you're comparing it to what it normally looks like to now it's significantly brighter even to the naked eye it's because it's exponentially closer than it normally is and yeah. uh, due to this close approach so take that in, into consideration and you know show your kids if you've got kids and if you've got a scope take advantage yeah um, whereas it's yeah. a little bit different than like with Jupiter where it's you know Jupiter is just the sheer size of Jupiter right. even if it it's is a giant planet yeah, yeah. even if it is far away it still is the brightest thing you see but yep um, yeah it's yeah, with with Mars it's a little bit it's way more based on um, you know how close it is but yep maybe get out there and look look yeah. up yeah absolutely yep so then the other the other side of Mars right now is uh, is pretty incredible there's a record dust storm uh, almost planet-wide uh, yeah. dust storm right now that's just wreaking havoc in in Mars not so much as far as the speed at which the wind is traveling uh, what we learned you know, you see the movie The Martian. Yeah. Uh, I read the book, and that movie, of course, starts out with uh, this giant dust storm, um, kind of blowing apart their part of their um, their spacecraft. Um, the winds on on Mars actually don't ever reach more than sixty miles per hour, according to what NASA's predictions are and their their data shows. But the issue is um, the sheer amount of dust mm -hmm. uh, and and how it can quickly encapsulate the whole planet. Yeah. So there's so the uh, Opportunity rover, for instance, right now is completely shut off. NASA just totally shut it down because its solar panels um, cannot pick up any of the sun's rays. Yeah. The sun um, uh, has so there's a Twitter handle called at Mars Rovers, and it's the Spirit and Opportunity rovers like what they post all their photos on, and they have that cool photo that you and I were talking about earlier. It's like a cascade of what the sun normally looks like. As the dust storm progressed over the last uh, month or so, um, it's literally blotted out the sun. Yeah. You cannot see the sun on Mars. Um, That's insane. It's a lot of dust. It's very, so. it, I have to imagine it's like very dense, mm -hmm. very dense dust. It's not like a sandstorm or something like right. that that you would see very even, fine. even in, the, in the desert here on Earth, you know. Yeah. Very, very fine, almost like, or, uh, like the moon kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to be actually be there and actually see what it's like. But yeah, and it, this is a an interesting opportunity too for the people that are doing research on Mars to evaluate what kind of effects this would have on humans mm -hmm. if we you know ex have an excursion out to Mars. And again, they, they they said it wouldn't be anything like the Martian, where there'd be issues where it's like, or right, is something going to blow over? Is something? It's you know maximum half as much as a hurricane here on Earth. Yeah. But the issue is there's so much dust in such fine quantities that the static electricity actually creates radiation. And that radiative energy is uh, dangerous to humans, of course. Yeah. So that would be the thing to consider. Um, not to mention things like visibility or lack of sunlight. If you have solar-powered, yeah. um, you know, domes or something that's powering certain, um, certain things that are kind of helping, um, you know, the engine for human life on Mars would no longer be there if there's no sun so yeah it's I, been going on for a while though 
this dust storm. Yeah, I would think, I would think with the, you know, technology that they have now and that they're working on, you know, with humans, I, I don't think it would be an issue. I think they'd be able to figure out a way to, yeah, you know, protect from the radiation. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, you're gonna have to do that anyway, with the trip out to Mars, and you know, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, back back in the '60s when we were, when we were going to the moon, all those guys were pretty much exposed to all that you know yeah all the way to the moon yeah um, for sure. but i would think they're gonna have something that's i don't think it's gonna be a huge deal i think that's the biggest thing is the fact that the actual solar panels will be you know Blotted basically out. you won't be able to pick up any you won't get any energy for however long <laughs> the thing lasts and i would think that they're probably gonna have to basically determine or be able to somewhat kind of like ballpark how long a storm like a dust storm on mars is going to last because obviously yeah. they, they don't know i mean right. they, it could it could be a a short you know one month stint which i would think is one month would be considered short yeah on mars. I, I think so i mean based on how long it takes for the thing to kind of build up to kind of its peak yeah um i would think like a month would be it but it it's crazy just looking at some of like the time lapse um, images from even just like over the course of three days, mm-hmm. it, you can't even see any of the real orange right. surface of Mars. It's just totally like it's a change. You know, it yeah. looks like a cloud. Almost looks like you know, like a gas. Yeah, planet, like yeah. a gas planet. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, so I'm reading a, a quote here from from Jim Jim Watson, who's the director of NASA's Mars Exploration Program. He they're talking this this uh, particular dust storm has spread aclo- across the globe of Mars at an unprecedented pace. That's why they're calling it this historic storm. It's not so much the magnitude of it, it's the fact that it spread so quickly uh, and encapsulated the globe. So it, it was first spotted on May 30th, um, and the rover over the course of that next few weeks went into like a low power mode, and now they just said, we're just gonna shut this thing down. It's only has, the only thing I'm running is the mission clock. Um, that's all they have for for the opportunity rover, and then they, hopefully they will be able to revive it. But they're somewhat concerned that they won't be able to. They're concerned that after the dust storm subs- is is uh, subsided, that it's just going to be dead in in its tracks, um, yeah. which would be unfortunate. But yeah, uh, yeah. So pretty interesting. Well, yeah, we'll watch that closely. And I mean, it's kind of cool that uh, this is kind of all taking place on the the mars approach so Mm -hmm. i mean i I think it's going to be yeah maybe we'll be able to actually kind of see if it keeps going and and uh you know this thing the storm keeps going and into next late next month and that'd be kind of cool yeah to look up and actually see something yeah for sure the activity of of a planet it's kind of cool but yeah from from mars the space agency is describing it as a dark perpetual night just Ooh. absolutely black there. Really? Wouldn't that be so so crazy? That is nuts. Just be on yeah. Mars and then like yeah. nothing, just black. You're just there. It's dark all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. If it's if it, the dust is actually that fine and that dense, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. It, a- absolutely. The temperatures are plummeting. I'm sure, and it's crazy oh, yeah. how, how much yeah. that can affect the the planet. Yeah. Um, Which yeah. yeah, that would be. That would be tough if you, I mean, unless you had, say that was to happen, like, the first mission we had there with, with men on Mars, and that happened, like, shortly after they arrived, and that was, like, a 
supposed to be like a two week stay on Mars. Maybe yeah. let's just you know, just just to say yeah. that that's the first quick, mission we yeah. we decide to do two weeks on Mars and come back. Can you imagine if something like that just all of a sudden happened? And mm-hmm. then the, I mean, you'd have to be prepared for that. Right. But for the two weeks that you're on there, I mean, you'd have to be ready to basically be in darkness and potentially take off mm-hmm. to leave the planet through a dust storm. Which yeah. is that even? Can that happen? You know? Yeah. Can you, that, you can know? you actually get telemetry so, and? Yeah. So yeah. You got to think about all that. Well, you know, all those things. That, it's a place. It's another world. It's a place that you've never been. Yeah. Anything can happen. Yeah. It's crazy. It kind of makes me think about, you know, those predictions that they have for some sort of apocalyptic meteor hitting the earth at some point in time, whether, you know, millions of years in the future or thousands or whatever. Yeah. There's some theories that say, okay, well, this, a giant meteor is going to hit the earth. It's going to cause this, um, you know, giant eruption of, of earth's crust and just massive amounts of dust and everything. And it's going to cloud the entire Earth in dust, uh, and and temperatures will plummet, and the Earth will literally just be like an ice age moment where everything will freeze. Yeah. And then there's other theories that say, if it's a big enough, uh, you know, meteor, it'll just smack the Earth so hard that the crust will just literally implode, and like, it'll just be like this branching out kind of chain reaction, where just it's just eviscerated. The whole mm-hmm. Earth is just eviscerated. And then it becomes so hot that the oceans evaporate, and it's just this burning fire, like the exact opposite, just this fireball. The Earth is just this like molten crust. Yeah. So it's weird to think about like how something like a dust storm can affect uh, a planet, especially yeah. Mars being a little bit smaller, um, and it can encapsulate yeah. that much faster. So. Which which further it just complicates a lot of things because when you when we went to the moon, you didn't have to worry about things like that. Right. I mean, the moon, literally, it, there, there's no weather. There's, it's just you're basically just, you're there. And yeah, it being a satellite yeah, of Earth, it's yeah, not. It's, it doesn't. It doesn't have its own. It doesn't. Yeah, it's not no, affected no, there's by There's no sun. atmosphere. Yeah, it's yeah. just. It's yeah. It's just uh, like a desolate desert mm-hmm. that is just. You're free floating basically, yep. and you don't have to worry about any real you know weather or anything like that whereas you go to mars you go to anywhere else it's you know you're you have to worry about a lot of other things like Mm -hmm. imagine you know the first time like say earth was vacant basically and we were on another planet we were visiting earth it'd be the same deal yeah you know we'd be kind of showing up like all right what's this stuff what's it what's water what's this you know but trying to predict storms and things or storms or things like that like you just with Mars, it's a total dif- different like ballpark because it's just you've got storms like that to worry about. You've got you know any other thing that maybe we don't even know about right. that the maybe the rovers can't even pick up or anything like that. So that's that makes it kind of the the cool thing with I guess the excitement would be and also the the challenge of of going to Mars is because if you're the first you know group to of humans mm-hmm. to go. Yeah, you've got a lot of things that can go wrong, but absolutely, that would make it that that much greater though. Just be able, yeah. a, a successful, you know, finish to the a mission there would be would be great. But yeah, a greater so. feat of uh, hum- humanity. Yeah, essentially, be, we'll see. But anyway, that's that's Mars. Things to right think now. about. Yeah. So Mars is uh, is the 
topic of discussion. So we're going to go ahead and take our quick break here. When we return from the break, we're going to enter the black hole. And this month's black hole will reveal as soon as we get back. But uh, last month's was bowling. We literally just said, let's go with the word bowling yeah. and, and just roll. And, uh, and that was a lot of fun. We already talked a little bit about bowling. So we're going we're gonna to switch it up. We'll have our keyword in just a few moments, but uh, we'll be back with a couple new beers, and we'll see you in a minute. Yep. And welcome back from the break. We're back now with a couple of new beers and uh, a black hole to dive into. So we're both now drinking a beer from Shorts Brewing, which is up in Bel Air, Michigan, kind yep. of the northern, northwest side of the state of Michigan. Yep. It's called Melt My Brain. And this was a beer that came out a couple of years ago, and it has kind of been a summer phenomenon. Um, yep. They've been re-releasing it over and over because it's really taken, uh, taken the state by storm in some ways. It's, a, it's an ale that's brewed with coriander juniper berries and lime and then they also add tonic water after it's brewed so it literally it kind of tastes like a gin and tonic yeah, yeah um pretty much so it's this kind of uh this bridge between a beer and a gin and tonic and it's really really tasty and yeah yeah they're they're having a lot of success with it so they keep coming back out with it it's called melt my brain first time i had it was uh was it last summer out at lake michigan and yeah i'll tell you what on a hot day you're out there and you're on the beach. Nothing like it. Very it's, refreshing. It's very, very good. Yeah, very the, refreshing. The lime in it gives it a tartness that you don't get with a normal gin and tonic. Yeah. Gin and tonic is a really good cocktail, but it doesn't have that refreshing tartness that this does. So, yeah. I mean, I guess you could add enough lime to your gin and tonic to make it tart, but but this is already kind of made for you and you just drink it. And they've got it in cans now, too, which makes it extra portable. So, uh, and it's, it's a 4%. ABV, so it's just easy drinking on a nice lake day. So, yeah, uh, it was uh, a good beer for our second half this this evening. But Absolutely. Um, our black hole topic this month is virtual reality or VR, and we're gonna really dive into this one. Yeah, I mean, you might be asking yourself, VR? Why mm. would they talk about that? Yeah. Well, we, I'll tell you why. David, kick it off. Well, PlayStation 4 actually has a <laughs> Apollo 11 yes. VR simulation. Yes. So you can actually, and I just, I mean, this thing's, I think, been out for actually a little bit. Uh, there was a demo out for quite a, quite a while, but, yeah, and I actually think it was first released over in Europe. Yeah. Now they have it in the U.S. And I, I have a PlayStation, you know, I, I like that, my uh, racing games and all that. Um, they're just fun. Um, but... I was scrolling through, I saw Apollo 11, it's basically like a, a simulation, so you can go through the whole thing, like you can, you basically, from start to finish, like, the whole mission, uh, and yeah. it, you, you were in this whole, I, from what I've seen on YouTube, um, it looks pretty sweet. We're talking like, cool. like the walk, the elevator ride up yeah. to the top of the Saturn V, walking it, like, that's how early, I mean, it's like, you get the full experience. Yeah, it's not just yeah. like oh yeah here you know, you know here's oh. the stage separation and here's the lunar landing. No, it's the whole deal. 
Yeah. So VR. It. I. I have yet to put one of those things on my head and actually experience it. Same. I can't. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't tempted to go buy one at my local Best Buy. Right. Just to just to play the game or something like that. But um, it's interesting because the I guess the goal of this whole game. I like I watched like a little like YouTube blip on it, and it was basically like these guys um, that wanted to give. Uh, these guys that grew up and they wanted to be a astronaut and they right. they just you know the way the cards unfold in life and okay yeah I'm not going to be an astronaut I'm not going to be able to walk on the moon obviously so what can I do to give myself that experience and everybody else that experience well that's why they started that's why they made this thing so it's actually like a full on like some of the videos I've seen are, are pretty incredible. Yeah, like we it, watched it, that one. The detail that they have, and they actually had some input um, from like Charlie Duke, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, Charlie he Duke tried it out on the demo setting, and like yeah. he gave him some input for the final rundown through you know the final product and all that. So yeah. I, it's actually like looks really cool. It does. Yeah, the Charlie yeah. Duke video is hilarious because so the demo I think that was sometime last year, maybe even two years ago. Uh, they were kind of in the beta stages of their game. And uh, Charlie Duke rolls up with his, like, sweet, like, badass Apollo jacket. And he's like, sits down. He's, like, this old guy. Puts his VR headset on, and he watch, He plays the whole game. And I loved his, his like, these guys are so detail-oriented. You know, obviously, they're, they're like, they're savants in some way. They're, like, yeah. absolute geniuses. And That's so, why they were hired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the guys, I think, are they, like, British or Australian or yeah. something? Or I think I, don't know. I think there's one, one of the guys is... An Aussie, I, I think. Yeah. I, yeah, don't quote me on that. But so yeah. they, they come up and they, they're like, you know, Charlie, like, what do you think? You know, we, we absolutely just love the fact that you were willing to even look at this. And, and he, he talks about it. He's like, it's amazing. You know, you guys did a great job. It really felt like it kind of brought back some of those little memories I have of, uh, or not little, those big memories I have in my brain of being on the moon. But I loved it that he was, they were like, is there anything we could adjust? And he's like, well, yeah, you know, the the panels in the in the Saturn V were like kind of like a dark gray, but really they're like black. So you should change that. Like <laughs> I just I thought that was awesome. Like he wasn't gonna back down, and he, even though the, this this little game to him, like to some people that have gone through that experience, might have like a certain ego, and they might say, oh, "No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna these guys. Who cares? Like I I lived it for myself. I'm not gonna worry about these guys and give them feedback." But he was willing to do it and. And give them those, like, to put the little effort into keeping his eye out for little things like that. It's yeah. so cool. And then, and yeah. then you know, they fixed it, you know, now in the in the game, it's like a black background for the paneling in the in the game. So, yeah, the, the little description says, so the game, it's on the PlayStation Store. It's called Apollo 11 VR. Um, it was released in October, two, October 2017. So, like, yeah, coming up on a year ago, but still pretty, pretty new. Mm-hmm. It says, now for the first time ever, you get to experience this historic event through the eyes of those who lived through it, using a mix of original archive audio and video together with accurate recreations of the spacecraft and locations, all set to inspirational music, take control for docking, landing, and even the moonwalk. Get set for an experience that will not only educate you, but will leave you a lasting impression and deep respect for the men and women who worked on the Apollo program during NASA's golden era. 
So it, it's an education-based thing, but it also has this. I mean, we watched that one video of that of that guy who yeah. who had this deep appreciation for the Apollo program. He was he was probably about our age, I think. Yeah, probably. And watched it, and he, he I think he started crying. Like, oh yeah, like a few times. And it, I mean, it just I probably was, would. It's so immersive, and I think the thing that got me was uh, even just watching him. I mean, he had the VR headset on with like a little. He must have had a green screen behind him, so you could. It was. He's obviously like a YouTuber, streamer or something, because he had the little setup where you could see the video of his actual physical reaction. Yeah. But then he had on the main screen like what he's looking through his eyes. Yeah. And just watching him like when the rocket is launching. And, you know, there's those triangular windows. And he's, like, actually, like, getting up out of his chair and, like, looking out the window, like, up and out. Like you would if you were, you know, turn the left out of your car or something. Yeah. But, like, you can actually see back down to the earth. You can see the curvature of the earth. That was what I was, like, that's cool. I mean. Yeah, yeah. That's just. You can play a video game about how they could make this exact same game with you just use your controller. Yeah. And it would be amazing. That'd be a lot of fun. I would buy it. But. You don't get that, like, you can't, like, lean over and be, like, look over at, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. Or even, even uh, like, I don't know all the, like, little details. I'm guessing it's, like, full-on, like, based on what I saw, it's extremely detailed, but just the, actually, even when you're, when he was on the moon, like, walking around, like, you can kind of, like, walk around yeah. the, the whole, the whole moon, you know, landing area and all that, it, it's, that's pretty cool, I think. I'm yeah, it's very tempted. I'm very tempted yeah. <laughs> to get myself, but yeah, I uh, yeah, I don't know. It it's uh, it's one of those one of those little temptations I have, and I'm just like, yeah, maybe I'll do it, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I don't, I'll be I'll be the guy sitting in my basement alone, yeah, with a headset <laughs> on, and somebody will be trying to call me. I'll have the headphones on, and like <laughs> of surround sound, all that kind of crap, but immersive a fully immersive experience i mean it would be cool even just for mm-hmm. this game it would, and, it, and for yeah. we've said for other things like racing yeah. games oh yeah they got tons of like you can you can get like gran turismo which is like a big playstation game for racing and all that that'd be cool just to have like a yeah yeah you, you feel like you're actually in the car and all that. that'd be kind of cool like i've always wanted to be a a race car driver that's this is going to be like the you know i can't imagine like the next Rendition of a VR headset's probably going to be even redi- more ridiculous, but yeah, I think yeah. Um, I think we were talking when we first saw this. They have some stuff now. The next step for VR is going to be like the they call it like the haptic feedback. So it's like you know you like press something on your phone, and it gives you that little vibration back. Mm-hmm. It's just that haptic feedback where you you press something, kind of buzzes back at you to like signal to your brain like you're pressing it. Mm-hmm. They can expand on that significantly, and they've got like these gloves that are designed that you're wearing the VR headset, you're looking around, you know, 360 view, you're walking through the environment, and then you have this glove, and they have these like tension uh, straps behind on like the knuckles. Yeah. So you can like grab something, and the game, based on your telemetry of where you're at in the game and, and what the object you're trying to pick up is coded as, when you go to grab it with the glove, like in the game, it, it can sense it and the little uh, straps like tension they can like go back and forth and, and kind of change the tension against your own hand physic- yeah. physical hand so you go to like pick up like a rock and it knows the exact weight and it'll tension the, the right amount and so it really feels like you're holding the rock like, that's crazy the actual weight of that rock or you yeah. go to try to pick up like a boulder and 
you you grab it with both hands and those straps like just rip against your hand and you can't pick it up it's like you're stuck like you can't actually do it so i think that would be really neat um in the next 10 years oh, yeah. i think that will be something that is is like the next step for vr is like adding that haptic feedback because you've got the visual feedback and you can look all around and you look up and down and lean and for you know all this sort of stuff but the actual interaction with like your sense of touch is currently just limited to the controller yeah yeah and so like that'd be amazing like to be this playing this game with those gloves on and like flip the switches and stuff like feel even just a little pressure of like the switch in the saturn 5 or like yeah you know feeling just it'd be cool it'd be really cool oh yeah Fil flip one of those switches on the dashboard the of the saturn 5 oh my god mm -hmm. yeah i i'm one of the things that comes to mind though with all this is um just people hurting themselves. Yeah. I don't know, like, I wonder people get a little bit carried away and they, like... <laughs> run into a wall. Yeah, run into a wall yeah. or run off a balcony or something like that. <laughs> like, you have to think about that, and there has to be some kind of, like, liab... There, there has to be, like, fine print liability thing, like, when you buy one of those yeah. things. But... It's almost yeah. like when the... When, like, Nintendo released the Wii back in, like, yeah. 2006 or whatever, I had one, and the Wii Remote was, like, this groundbreaking thing, because it, it was the first controller to have, like, the accelerometer and the little, like, you know, kind of track thing where you could, like, point at the TV and it would, like, track where you were going. And so you had, like, Wii Bowling, for instance, or, yeah. like, which actually reminds me, I have a Wii. <laughs> <laughs> we should get Wii Bowling Wii, going. Yeah, yeah, we should. Yeah. Um, but people, like, they, it came with a little wrist strap, but it was, like, not designed for like someone letting go of it fully and they had people like launching those controllers like into their tvs and stuff and just like smashing their tvs or like you know getting hurt with the controllers yeah like they even have i went in there they have like these little wands basically that you can oh yeah those can, it's like yeah. a little bubble on the outside yeah which i would think you can use that for I'm, I'm guessing there's like a bowling game or something like that that you probably use that for or whatever but yeah and they even have like a star wars like lightsaber fight game right. or whatever so yeah yeah that's kind of like the think, wii remote yeah, yeah. Where it's like a little positioner it's, yeah like a new like basically the same thing only it's like you have the you know headset on yeah so you, you know it's not like you're just in a normal living room whatever it would you know that kind of thing but yeah i, I just kind of like i that's the first thing that comes to mind is somebody just with a headset on yeah like you don't have any idea where you're standing in the room it, if right. you start wandering around like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm guessing with the um, Apollo game, you probably could mostly be stationary. You could sit down and just be looking around yeah, with yeah, your yeah. head. And because I think when you're like walking on the moon, your actual direction is the controller, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you're just looking around with your head. Yeah. So still pretty cool though. I mean, and I think it was a Kickstarter funded or some sort of crowdfunded project because yeah. they have that one part. The guy was the guy that was reviewing it that we watched. You go to like the this crater on the moon, and they had all those like photos, like of all the Kickstarter backers. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. You know, he walks up, and they've got this like plaque, and you can click on it, and you can see if you happen to be somebody that donated some cash to the to funding this this project. Yeah. Um, that was like your reward is like being a part of the game or whatever. Yeah. Having your your lasting impression on this virtual moon. Yeah. Um. That's cool though. Yeah, and the detail really was good. I mean, um. I think some of my favorite scenes were those transition scenes where, like, 
they have the launch and then after the launch there's like the first stage separation but before you actually engage in that it like has like a little bit of a zoomed out view mm-hmm. and you can kind of see the rocket like fl- like orbiting earth and there was those certain times where like the earth was just coming around and like the sun was cresting like the horizon and it just looked it was really yeah. really really well done very yeah very very real realistic i think just yeah. based like, on like like this picture yeah like those scenes. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that looks real. Like that's yeah. like what you see from the ISS photos that are taken and yeah. Um, Even you, stuff like that, like yeah. close-ups of the moon, are very very real looking. I, so and I think like that first scene, like where it's like you do the stage separation, you do the second stage separation, and you're in the command module, you're you know booking it to to the moon, and then it transitions and it starts out with this black screen and you're like you're assuming it's like some sort of loading screen. But really, like you're on the du- you're on the dark side of the moon. Yeah. And it kind of crests around, and you see the sun crest the horizon of the moon, and just like. Yeah. That that I think like that guy started like crying right there because it yeah. really I mean if you're in it like you're looking, you feel like you're there and and I think, you know we were just talking, you know I have never you and I have never tried VR, and, people that do even like the naysayers, like my wife. We were just having a conversation on the break, and she was like, yeah. "You guys are stupid." Like, <laughs> So you haven't tried it though, like, and people yeah. that even even if they're like, this is, this is silly. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. It's it just seems way too, you know, off the wall. And then they put it on, they're like, oh my god, this yeah. is insane. Like, it yeah. just is. It's it, the next step. And I'm guessing, like, I'm guessing I'd be pretty blown away if I actually did go out and buy one of those headsets and and play, and play this game. I'd particularly be, I'd, this yeah, game. Yeah, particularly this game. You know. If I was playing Doom or something like that, I'd be scared shitless probably. Yeah. But oh yeah, but also, I'd have a lot of fun. It'd but, be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, in the middle yeah, of winter and there's no, nothing else to do at night, and yeah. you're just kind of like, yeah, it's it's two degrees out, so I'm gonna do some VR, VR baby. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, games like 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 Doom for example that you referenced, there are certain games like that, those like first person shooters that inherently are like scary even with just like a keyboard and mouse or a controller you know you flip the controller you know you press the joystick around and all of a sudden there's like a enemy or a demon and whatever in in your face and you're like oh shit you know you get scared but with vr you're immersed in it yeah and it's like you're actually there yeah Yeah. and just you turn around with your head and there's like a uh, yeah yeah, that'd be fun i mean it would be exhilarating in a way um yeah even i think like it'd be really cool like even with the racing games and all that kind of stuff like Mm -hmm. What if they did? I'm, I'm sure they're probably working on it. Like EA Sports is probably working on it, but like an actual game, like a hockey game, where you're actually feels like you're actually there and you're actually skating and playing. Right. Like, that'd be pretty sweet. That would be cool. That would be pretty sweet. I'm sure they're probably working on that, but because I know there's like a really like maybe a handful of games that have come out. I and I'm probably wrong. Probably more than that, but maybe they like with. Gran Turismo, they have like the normal game, then they have a VR version. I'm sure yeah. they're gonna start doing that where they have like a normal yeah. version, like a normal standard, you know, version of the game, and then they have you know the full on like VR version of that. But and it might cost a little more or whatever. But um, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And I'm sure they do that with like you know any of the any of the games like battle games or war games or whatever. But that'd be pretty sweet. You could play like a hockey game, and it's like you're actually on the ice, right? And you're playing for the Red Wings or something like that. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be a lot of a lot but, of fun, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just clicked on. I was on the 
PlayStation Store website to get a little information about the Apollo 11 and just click on like other games that they have just out of curiosity. They've got Doom, like you mentioned. They've got the Elder Scrolls game, which is kind of like a medieval type game where you it's a very free, um, free range open world type game. That'd be kind of fun to run around in there. I think a lot of the stuff that's out right now is like very demo based or like very yeah. uh, proof of concept. Like, hey, check this out. Yeah, we can have this VR headset where, or this VR game where you're you feel like you know you're on this tightrope between two large buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a normal game, you play with your controller and you just run your guy across or whatever. But when you put the VR headset, like you feel that sense of height and you're yeah. like, I can't do this. Like you you can't you can't force yourself to go across because you really feel like you're gonna fall off. Yeah. And yeah. that's the the part that, uh, you know, we haven't experienced it. And I think the people that are naysayers to it, it's like, you have to try it. And you yeah. have to try it. And I think yeah. even young, old, like, people that are really into gaming, people like us that are just kind of more casual with it, it doesn't matter who you are. It's like, you're going to be, you're going to have that experience where you're like, oh, man, this is crazy. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's neat. Yeah, I'm probably going to end up buying one of those things. but. <laughs> It's gonna be worth it, and everyone's gonna videotape me the first time I wear it. But it'll be cool. It'll be cool. Um, yeah. That that. So the Apollo Eleven game is. Yeah. Would be the highlight of it. Which and I honestly, I'm like really glad I stumbled across that because it's. <laughs> I think just. Not something that most people like. I wouldn't have thought that they'd be. You know, like to me, it's like hell yeah, make an Apollo Eleven game. Yeah. But. I wouldn't have thought that that would actually be on there, and that, that there actually is a game like a simulation of that. So, I'm actually really happy somebody actually took the time oh, and yeah. got the funding to do that. And a lot of and time, I'm, yeah. And I'm I'm really you know really happy that they you know spent the time on the details and you know made it more educational too, mm-hmm. um, because a lot I think a lot of people. You know, anywhere you go now on YouTube and watch, you know, moon landing videos and all that, it people just basically like the everyday person now views it as a total farce, right? Uh, and as a total hoax and all that, which is just totally uh, leaves me fuming. Uh, yeah. But I think it's cool that they have this because it it sort sort of like I I don't know maybe it makes it appeal education wise to the younger crowd um you know maybe they're, they're thinking okay yeah somebody will try it out the young crowd will try it out and they'll they'll believe again and they'll they'll start to you know have those uh, good feelings about the moon landings and all that kind of stuff but right. um yeah i i'm just i'm glad somebody actually does that you know it, there's nothing you know most history books nowadays don't even have anything about the moon landings but mm-hmm. um yeah shoot that's why we're here yeah, to preach about the eclipse and Apollo and everything space related. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah, I was just trying to look up. I knew I saw recently in the in the news you were just you were talking about how uh, uh, there's probably a good you know population uh, of of people on this planet that don't believe in the moon landing. There was some recent satellite images of the moon that were so detailed. I think this one was it. They're so detailed and so zoomed in that you can actually see yeah. some some stuff like yeah. uh, from the, from the lunar landings. Um, whereas before it wasn't, it was kind of blurry. It was kind of blurry, but yeah, there was some new some new images that came out. I'm I'm trying to remember if it came up, but um, 
yeah, the buggy. Yeah, you can see the park, the the, the lunar rover buggy, um, little things like that 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 uh, have recently been, you know, shown as as more accurate satellite images. That's just like, just look at this. Just take a second yeah. and just investigate this for yourself. Get educated up on it and uh, appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, it's not. Uh, you know, it's just too bad people don't. Uh, I, I, there's just there's a lot of lunatics out there that, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think they just don't. I, I think they everything's a conspiracy and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, which is unfortunate. They don't believe in you know actual human accomplishment or anything like that. Or um, everything's just a lie. And yeah, that, that's it's too bad because we have a lot of good men and women who. Um, you know, put a lot of time into getting us to the moon, and um, you know, it's just a shame people uh, just are quick to assume it's just a total lie. A hoax, but yeah, yeah, too bad. But for us, for us, it's amazing. I, yeah. I, it's too bad for them, but I'm happy that it's you know, I'm grateful that it happened, and I'm really hoping soon we have another another trip there. But we'll see. Yeah, that, yeah, that would be so cool. Just another moon landing. And it could happen as soon as tomorrow if I get the VR headset. It could. So. Absolutely. We we'll could see. be on the way to the moon uh, we'll see. tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's two-player. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. A little co-op action. <laughs> that'd be freaking awesome. I know there was the, the... I was watching... The one thing that was frustrating about watching the, the guy that was reviewing it, I mean, he was cool, and you know he, he got kind of emotional. He's obviously yeah. very passionate about space, and it was fun to watch. But he was playing this this certain part where he was doing the stage separation where the lunar module flips around, and then he has to redock, and he like couldn't figure it out. And I was like, just play it right. Like he, <laughs> he couldn't. He wasn't using like the little um, the little laser target. He was like trying to look with his own eyes, and he kept missing. He's like it. putting his head out the window. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I've got it. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, so he was just like, yeah. I was like, ah, I just want to play it, and dude, just. just Look at the laser pointer. He clearly has not watched Apollo 13. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's yeah. what I was thinking. I'm like, just <laughs> watch Apollo 13. They do it perfectly. Like, just as they, funny. They show you how to do it on a, the, in the actual movie, yeah. the Hollywood movie. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny because, like, you watch these people playing it with their headset on, you're like, it, it makes you want to play it. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, man, I could, I want to do this. I want to feel it. Um, could be soon. Yeah. So pretty cool stuff. So that's our black hole for the month, VR. Uh, I think it's, I think we talked actually a, a long time ago with John, uh, our, our friend from uh, the Eclipse trip, um, when he was on the podcast. Mm -hmm. We had a little discussion about VR, and he was talking about how he thought like that was kind of the next frontier for even like video engagement. Mm -hmm. Like you could, like for instance, our Eclipse video, we have it with the GoPro, and it's a pretty w wide field of view. You know, you can see, like, a lot of what we were seeing, and, like, it's on, you know, my head, so I'm looking around, and you can see it. But there will be a, a, a time and place where you can essentially record in a way that will be compatible with a VR headset in that, like, let's say you get your VR headset, you could log into YouTube, watch my VR-compatible video, and not only are you... I think they, they might even actually have this. Not only are you actually, like... If you watch our video now, you're you're limited to my my personal head movements when I was moving around. Mm -hmm. But if you film it in 360 and you put it on VR, then you as the viewer in a VR setting have your own control of yeah. what you're looking at. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's just like those uh, 
photos that people put on Facebook where yeah. you can actually turn your phone and yeah. it actually looks around. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of like a, I think yeah. they call it the AR, which is like augmented yeah. reality where you're kind of using your phone as the, mm-hmm. as the headpiece, but to have it on your, on your eyeballs and in using your head to look around, like yeah. it'd be pretty cool. I mean, that really is the next step I think. And yeah. people are going to be posting these experiences, like people skydiving or snowboarding or doing crazy stuff. And you can just log in, put your VR headset on, and be like feeling it for yourself. Yeah, um, it's almost uh, like you can almost be be doing some of these things that, like, I'm not capable of skydiving yeah. or doing 1080 snowboard tricks and stuff. But you can feel like you're there. Yeah, and that's uh, it's the next frontier. So it is a fun black hole to dive down for sure. Yeah, um, we'll keep you posted if we end up walking the moon soon oh uh, yeah we, we we might be we might be but we'll see <laughs> yeah, yeah we will see but uh yeah so you know thanks for tuning in and uh, checking out our episode 10 yeah if, if you're new to the podcast uh be sure to, to listen in um to our previous episodes uh from time to time we do an interview we've had some interviews with people that we're close to and, and close friends with and and people that we We've never met uh, on, up until that interview as well, and and they turned out really well, and had a good time doing that. Yeah. Other episodes we do stuff like this. Yeah. Black just hole. The last few uh, we've been kind of we've had a, a new segment towards the end, just a black hole that we call it. Uh, just talk about you know, pick one topic and and run off yep. of it. But you know, I smell another interview in the future. So yeah, for sure. We'll uh, we'll we'll get our stuff together here and uh and see what we want to do there but we're yeah we've got plenty of people to interview uh it's just a matter of getting them on as like they're not local i mean like like i know some people that would be happy to to jump on um but we have to figure out the technical stuff yeah uh, gather uh, you know make sure that they have the right stuff like when we interviewed brady keniston a few episodes ago we talked about this he had the the perfect setup the high-end mic and all that and it was very very easy he made it seamless virtually seamless um yeah. to take his audio pop it right into ours and boom we were ready to go so yeah we'll we'll, we'll continue improving on our uh on our game our craft i guess if you can call it that for yeah. the podcast uh game and we like doing it it's something we look forward to every month as a highlight and yeah. um episode 11 will be next month and then following that august will be uh Yep. One, one year anniversary of the of the podcast, which is yeah. really re- really crazy. Which which I we, I think we got you know we we've talked we got something special mm-hmm. uh, planned for that one. So that yeah, that'll that, be good. I think we'll we'll have a, a almost a group of us sitting around the table in the pub here talking. So yep, I think August, we'll have the full uh, team for that one. But, yeah. So yeah, be August fun. August will be a fun month because I think we can do something like that and then we could also do like a second episode at the NASCAR race. Yeah. Um, yeah. because a good friend of mine, uh, Chandler who lives in Georgia is somebody who's very passionate about space. It'd be fun to have in a kind of a, a three way conversation. Yeah. Um, at the NASCAR race cause he'll be coming up for that in, what is that? M- middle of August. Yeah. So maybe we'll do like a double, double episode because it's the anniversary or something, something crazy was we'll some stuff up, up our sleeve. Um, but with that said, I mean, for, for episode 10, uh, we hope you enjoyed our, our newest black hole episode. We have fun with these ones, uh, trying to figure out a topic and we'd love it if you feel like 
uh, you have a topic you'd like to send in via our social media, we have lots of avenues uh, to connect with us. We've got a Twitter and a, uh, a Twitter and Instagram handle that are the same. It's at Eclipse on Tap. And then if you don't have social media and you'd rather email, we've got Eclipse on Tap at gmail.com. Email us a prompt. That'd yeah. be amazing. Just say, hey, you know, yeah, go down the black hole about... Tweet a prompt to whatever, us, something, yeah. whatever you want to do. Um, so far, our black holes have been bowling and VR. So it can really be anything. I mean, like, we, we yeah. made an episode about bowling. I mean, yeah. Whatever you want to send in. Literally yeah. any topic, you know, as long as it's deemed appropriate. Right, exactly. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we can uh, put a put a space spin on a lot of things. And, and that's fun to do. I mean, we've talked about that with bowling. Like... Bowling, you would inherently never think that had anything to do with space, but for us it does because of our loyal connection to one of the major ball brands, Ebonite, yeah. and its connection to Hopkinsville, which was the site of the Eclipse. It's, it's fun to link all that stuff Hopkins, together. Yeah, Hopkinsville gave birth to the Eclipse to us. Mm-hmm. It was just, it, yeah. And so we, that was we our worked, gateway so now, to the That was our gateway to bowling and yeah. to, well, we kind of started bowling on the side, and then all of a sudden we figured out that. Right. You know, we had a connection with Hawkinsville and Ebonite, but... And maybe, yeah, that, yeah. that, you know, propelled us further into it. Yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, connect with us on those social media outlets or via email there. Um, we'll post a podcast on Apple Podcasts and the Google Play Store. Uh, feel free, if you if you think, you know, you, you enjoy our podcast and you like what we're doing, drop us a review. That allows uh, others to actually engage as well. Because when you when when a podcast receives reviews, it kind of gains a little bit of credibility, so to speak, on those types of stores, and uh, and it, it shows up. It's a little more transparent on someone's search. If they search Eclipse, it'll pop up. Right now, yeah. it's you know we're still new. We're still in our first year. We're we're not at all interested in becoming popular off this or gaining any sort of you know monetary gains. It's all about our own passion for the subjects and and so but what we at the same time we'd love to reach more people um so give us a shout out on twitter or uh, instagram or give us a review we absolutely appreciate it yep yep but uh with that said we'll see you next month for episode 11 that's right big one one so uh thanks for tuning in we'll catch you next time see ya